Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Sapporo, founder and financial advisor at New Street Advisors Group. If you're listening, five-star rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, stay tapped in. We have a great show this week. I am back on CNBC, so please tune in tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's Friday, July 24th, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the show subjects haven't really been fully flushed out, but I know I'll be talking about financial planning, investing, so it's going to be really, really exciting. Today, we're going to do our What's in the News segment. Uh, we'll have talk about what's in the news, what's been going on. Uh, we'll also talk our finance roundtable, which is index funds versus stocks, a particular subject that I find very interesting and I'm passionate about. Uh, we'll dive into that. And then we're going to do something new, investing for Main Street. A lot of people love investing. They don't understand it. I'm going to try to start breaking down concepts. We're going to do a bull and bear case for Tesla. Bull case, meaning we like the company we want to buy. Bear case, meaning we don't like it as much. We want to sell off our shares uh, for the foreseeable future. So we'll talk about our theses and dive into that. So I hope you guys really enjoy the show. Hey, what's in the news this week? I didn't mention in the pre-roll that there is no interview this week, so I'm carrying the load, keeping you entertained, giving you literacy. I feel like I have to carry the team like Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter, and I'm ready. So let's talk about what's in the news. So I actually just got an alert about, um, for those that this applies to, um, the unemployment, the COVID unemployment insurance. So people that were on unemployment were getting their usual state benefit uh, benefits, but they were also getting an extra 600 bucks a week, um, which was part of the CARES Act. And that ends at the end of this month for people. And so I just got an alert that's saying that they're pushing around a new bill, whether it's the HEROES Act or what, they're pushing around a new bill that will look to extend or give more aid to people. Um, and currently, uh, the Republican coronavirus release, a relief plan will extend unemployment insurance based on approximately 70% wage replacement. So instead of, you know, um, the $600 a week, it looks like there might be some sort of wage replacement, uh, 70%, and try to give people that extended relief uh, that's much needed in these times. So, yeah, I think, you know, when I'm talking to people and whether prospective clients or clients, um, that may be in situations where they feel as less certainty. Um, it looks like they're going to extend or hopefully extend some some relief for people in, in these times. So that's a, a great thing to look for. Uh, next, let's talk about Pfizer. Uh, looks like Pfizer will get $2 billion from the U.S. for 100 million COVID vaccine doses by 2020. So it's pretty much a race uh, to get this vaccine out there and one that will give everyone peace of mind Two, it will help us try to get back to to normal life so when we know we're healthy or we can be for the most part healthy once we get that vaccine a working vaccine and two we'll know we could probably resume normal life again or at some to some degree uh so the vaccines usually take six to ten years i didn't know that from development to approval so if you guys remember the ebola outbreak of 2014 the vaccine for that was just approved in december so the U.S. is investing uh, heavily into finding the vaccine and, and looking at the best pharma companies and trying to make sure that this vaccine is ramped up and the production is ramped up as quickly as possible. So that's something to watch out for. And hopefully we get that vaccine as quick as possible. 
Next up, Spotify. So Spotify, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you have an interesting news update from them. They've just made an agreement with Universal Music Group. So Universal Music Group, obviously uh, the the company that, you know, has the likes of a lot of people sign, like big artists, big artists. I think Taylor Swift um, and some other big names that are tied to Universal Music Group. So Spotify obviously, you know, pays them to license and stream uh, the music, but now Spotify is making it a two-sided deal. So under the new license agreement, uh, Universal Music Group will eventually be paying Spotify for marketing data and analytics. Uh, so that's a really interesting. It's a really big play for Spotify. Not only is Spotify doing a great job of picking the best podcast talent. So they've been, you know, snapping up, they snapped up Joe Rogan. They have, you know, Joe Budden's podcast and they're renegotiating that one. They have the Obama's uh, podcast deal. They're doing a great job, similar to the model that Netflix is doing as far as snapping up the best content. And now they're actually using that to say, hey, we can, you know, leverage this to go to the big music companies and say, hey, we will sell you data and analytics um, as as well as license and, and be able to stream your music on the on the other side. So interesting there, and I think that's a, a smart smart move. Finally, last to what's in the news: Robinhood has halted its plans to launch in the United Kingdom uh, as a stock popular stock trading app faces some fresh scrutiny. I think yeah, this is something that's really really interesting. You know, when I talk to people that are particularly younger clients, most of them like ninety nine percent have their you know investing accounts on Robinhood. So we do, I've done a lot of transfers from Robinhood. I think basically Robinhood did something smart when they first initially came out. They said, hey, commission free, zero commission free investing, which every like young person like wants to like not pay any fees or expenses on anything. <laughs> um, so it was huge. It was huge for the young people. They made it more appetizing for young people and attractive for young people to invest because before we were told we had to go to these big institutions that one didn't really care about us at that point or didn't care for people that had less than two million or whatever million dollars. And Robinhood said, Hey, you can invest now. And they, they initially had a, a good rollout with that. Recently they've been in hot water because some of the people on these platforms don't know what they're doing. They're gambling. They're just buying something that they heard in the news. Uh, they're buying something that because they bought shoes and that company makes think they feel like that's enough a big enough thesis for them to buy uh put all their money into that company no it's really more complex than that and Robinhood hasn't done a great job of helping to curb uh some of the more risky gambling and outright um you know just outright guilt gambling ish type behavior on the app which is you know led to some tragic situations if you you know research Robinhood, you'll see some of that um so I think, you know, they need to qual some of the in- internal things first before the expansion. They obviously also don't even have customer service, which is annoys me. Like you cannot call and get someone on the phone at Robinhood. You have to only deal with them through email. A lot of these companies are doing that because well, obviously they don't want the overhead of having a call center. But I still like the personal touch. All my clients can call me anytime, text me at any time. Yeah, that's how we do things different over at New Street. So we're going to have to keep taking transfers from Robinhood. Sorry, guys, over there. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. But thank you for listening to What's in the News. And next, we are going to talk Finance Roundtable.
Hey, a finance roundtable, gather round. Let's learn together. Let's build together. Man, am I excited for this one. I have a lot of opinions on this. We're talking index funds versus stocks. So I was thinking last week and I was just like, I remember seeing like articles and reading and it was funny, Some someone that I know um, adjacent, not very close to, I posted something on my social media and it was just about a company, a stock. And the person was like, hey, like, I was like, oh, he asked me about it. I was like, hey, yeah, it's not not giving general advice. And I'm just talking about it. I'm not giving specific advice. I got to do your research. He's like, oh, that's okay. Um, I'm only investing in index fund anyways. And it just got me thinking about like, okay, this is a young person. Why is that? And then I remembered the likes of like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey or all these people that are just telling younger investors or any investors to only invest in index funds. Um, and we're going to talk about what that is. If you don't know, an index fund is a type of mutual fund or exchange exchange traded fund, which with a portfolio constructed to match or track components of of a financial market index. So essentially, you can buy an index fund that has you know relatively the same makeup of the S and P index or the Dow Jones index, and you can kind of you know buy that uh, and tra- and trade that. And so. You know, it got me thinking of, you know, these financial coaches, educators, whether it's Susie or Dave, that telling people, just invest in index funds, don't do anything else. That's all you do until you're old and gray. And I just think that's not the right way to do it. Um, And we're going to discuss that, you know. And if I go missing, it's got to be Dave or Susie. So someone please knock on their doors. (laughs) Just joking. I don't want them to sue me. Um, But, you know, I just don't think that they're always giving the best information. And so I'm going to highlight the way I think of it. So if you're thinking about it, we talked about stocks last time, right? A stock is a security that represents the ownership of a fraction of a corporation. So obviously you can buy stocks, obviously you can buy index funds, but why are they telling you to just buy index funds? Like if that makes no sense to me. And so when they're telling you that, what are they really saying? What is Susie? What is Dave? What are these people really saying? One, they're telling you that you're not smart enough to pick stocks or you don't have enough or you don't have enough money to go to someone who is smart enough to pick and allocate your portfolio for you. So those are the things that they're just telling you right there. They're saying, hey, you're not smart enough to actually pick individual securities. So or you don't have the means to go to these companies that require you to have five hundred thousand dollar liquid or a million dollars liquid to actually manage money for you. And we're going to talk about those companies, too, because those companies don't even pick single name securities. They just put you in an index fund like Susie says, and they just take their percentage and call it a day. So they're not even actively managing your money. Um, so that's what she's, that's what they're telling you. And they're also telling you that you're diversified enough because you have an index and that's it. But what they aren't telling you that, that while indexes are supposed to be this low cost and diversified, they prevent you from seizing opportunities elsewhere, right? <laughs> like if you bought an index, you just track the market that if you if you, you're losing opportunities elsewhere possibly and that is a huge thing to to understand and first and foremost this is general advice you have to understand your risk tolerance your investment horizon your objectives but we can go over that and all, all that as well but if you bought let's talk about like an index like VOO the Vanguard S&P 500 index if you bought that 3 years ago you would have had a 32% return. So 32% return. We'll talk about that in real dollars in a second. On the flip side, let's say you like, oh, okay, I, you know, you had a thesis for Apple 
or Amazon, let's say Apple first, and you had held that for the past three years, you'd have 158% return. Or let's say, look at Amazon, you'd have 100, 202% return. If you had a thesis that the two, th- arguably the three, two, two of the three biggest companies in the world, you had a thesis three years ago of why you should be invested in them and you bought those shares in those companies, the return rate is astronomically higher for those companies versus just buying an S&P index. But no, they tell you that you should just buy the index and ride it out for reasons that are unbeknownst to myself. Now, let's look at that in real dollars terms. VOO, the market index fund that we were talking about. If you had put 10K into it three years ago, you'd have roughly $13,000. On the flip side, if you'd put 10K into Apple or Amazon, Apple first, you would have 25,000. Amazon, you would have thirty, roughly 30,000. But they're just telling you to have no sense of being able to, one, pick based on a sound thesis and research or having someone manage your money like myself and what I do for, you know, over 125 clients. But they're just telling you to, you know, just do this passive in, in investing, especially if you're, even if you're young, doesn't matter if you're a young investor, just do a passive investing and that's it. And, and buy an index and that's all you need to do when they're pretty much telling you you're losing so much opportunity. They're not letting you know that you're losing so much opportunity possibly. And also, you're not shielded from market from market volatility. If you just buy the market index, you only perform as the market performs. If you have the index and you have different companies that are performing, have a different beta than the index, they perform differently than the index, then you're shielding, you're shielding yourself from just having market returning performance return. If you just buy what the market's doing, yeah, you're probably freaking out when the market goes down because you're, all your money is just in the market, whereas you could be diversified in different stocks based on research and potentially be still earning a positive return over time periods that may be volatile in the market. And so why would you not, not want to be exposed to that? It makes no sense to me at all. Um, and lastly, can you split your money up? Yes, you can put some of your money, a percentage. That's what portfolio, uh, portfolio allocation and what I do for clients is. We're invested in indexes. I'm not saying you don't invest in indexes. No one said that, but there's no reason why you only invest in indexes. That's where I don't understand. You can certainly split your money up into different indexes, into different securities, into different bond ETFs. That's the smart way to play it, not just listening to someone that tells you to just put your money in the index and let it ride out. And what are the caveats for this? Most of the people out there don't know what they're doing, right? Like I have people that are, you know, messing me, like they're just wanting to buy based on like they bought shoes or they bought something. That's not like the thesis for investing. That's not a sound thesis for investing. I know most of the people when I talk to them, if they're not my client, I can only guess what they're already invested in. It's probably cannabis. And it may be, be something like Tesla just because that's what you always seen in the news. They just buy based on headlines. And that is not the way you want to invest. You want to actually, one, for most people, if you're busy in a job and you're busy doing something, if you can't allocate full time to actually researching, staying on top of your money, you should definitely be getting someone to handle your money like myself, right? That's that's the most sound thing to do because it takes a lot of research, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of understanding, takes a lot of not being non-emotional. If it's your money, most people don't understand how to invest without much emotions in it, especially when it's your money. That's why Money Marriage exists. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's why registered investment advisors exist to quell and to help calm and to invest for people on soundness and fundamentals and research and not emotions. Like the market does not care that you read a headline or that you have this product. It's not going to go based on that. Um, and, and again, I talked about the point earlier, these larger firms, I, I'll t- call them out JPM bank of America. I have a client, new client that's coming in from bank of America. And I was like, what is your current advisor? Have you invested in just VOO, nothing else, just VOO. all these firms, they don't even buy single security name securities for their clients. Yet they're taking a percentage. They're taking a cut of the expenses. They're not actively managing it. They're not doing anything at all but they're taking their percentage of your investment returns without actually actively managing, picking different securities. I don't know, doing some research. That's, you know, absurd to me, but they do it. So if you want someone that's actually going to talk to you, manage research, come to new street way, we'll help you out with that. And again, I talked about, again, we don't buy stocks just based on the trend or what you heard actually have a thesis for why you're investing and go from there. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this finance roundtable. I'm fired up. I like. I, I really am. I think people need to have more clarity on these things and not be intimidated. Um, get more understanding on actually what's going on. Uh, if you have any questions at all, please reach out to me and I'm willing to answer them. Next up, I'm back on CNBC. So we're going to talk about that and uh, hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. So, yeah, I'm back on CNBC tomorrow. So if you're listening to this now, which is Thursday, please tune in tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking financial planning during these times, investing during these times, uh, what clients are asking. So I'm really excited. I'm happy to be back. Thank you to the people over at CNBC. Uh, This is going to be a great, great show. I'm really going to really hopefully to give people some understanding and clarity during these times. But if you are available, one, tune in 6 p.m. Eastern. Two, tell someone to tell someone to tune in 6 p.m. Eastern. Three, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandfather, tell your children to tune in 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, which is Friday, July 24th. Hope you guys get a chance to watch the show. Hey. I like that little hey in the beginning of segments. I don't know what else to say to start the segment. But we're back with our the new segment. We've been doing our company deep dives, but I wanted to switch it up. Tell me how you like it. Message me, text me, call me, email me, and let me know. But we're going to try looking at it from a different angle. I think that you know a lot of us are really interested in investing, uh, our demographic of listeners. And so I want to do something called investing for Main Street. Remember, New Street Advisors Group is we're bridging that gap. They didn't want us to get in here, but we're here. And we're here and we're going to keep learning. We're going to keep building. But we're doing investing for Main Street bull or bear case. Remember, bull meaning you like the company, you'll buy, you believe the future expected earnings is going to increase. Bear case meaning you'd sell the company, maybe even short, or maybe you'd hold. But you don't believe in increase in future expected earnings. Um, we're looking at Tesla this week. So Tesla reported earnings. And if you're not familiar with Tesla, Tesla Inc., formerly Tesla Motors Inc., designs, develops, manufactures, and sells fully electric vehicles 
and energy storage systems, as well as installs, operates, and maintains solar and energy storage products. The company operates through two segments, automotive and energy generation and storage. So they recorded um, earnings, uh, I think it was yesterday, they reported earnings, and Tesla said its revenue reached 6.4, around 6 billion, roughly, during the quarter, with 428 million of that coming from regulatory credits. So I think, you know, if you get credits for basically having, you know, an electric or using, you know, socially responsible energy for um, your manufacturing. Um, so this is interesting. So now you want to look at it like you're looking at Tesla, which is now, I think we reported last week or in a couple podcasts ago, it's the biggest by market cap automated, automotive manufacturing company in the world. And they have a $295 billion valuation. So what is people's thoughts on this? You know, the company is up over 270% so far this year, including a more than 50% increase in July. So if we're building our bull case, our positive case, what do we base it on? And again, do your own research. I'm not telling you to invest in this company. I'm just telling you to do your own research and create a thesis, but we can create one for fun together. My company doesn't even own any shares in Tesla. Not because I don't like it. I just am watching, I'm waiting. But what's our bull case here? So one, I think you would, you want to say you want to believe in Musk. So you're asking me, my bull case is I really believe in Elon Musk is probably the smartest person on the planet we have today and the biggest visionary that we have today. Biggest genius. He's, he's, he's above and beyond. He is the person. It was probably Steve Jobs and we saw what happened with Apple as far as being the biggest company, one of the biggest companies in the world. But now it's Elon Musk and he is tireless when it comes to the efforts that he puts into it. I don't know how he gets it done. Uh, so that would be one of the biggest points in our bull case for Tesla. And then also number point two would be, we believe in energy efficient vehicles. If we believe that's the way things are going to be more socially responsible, to use resources in a better way, to shift away from oil and these pollutants and look at energy efficient vehicles, Tesla has the scale, the ecosystem to do that. They're the ones doing the most when it comes to self-driving, to energy efficient, to building all the factories. They're the ones doing it. I really believe that that's the way the world is trending. So that would be our bull case number 2.2. What about our bear case? I think you'd have to look at the balance sheet and, and possibly the cash burn and what's going to be needed as far as capital to really effectively do what Tesla wants to do. Can they produce these cars fast enough? They have demand. Like Everyone in Tesla's hot. Everyone wants a Tesla car. Uh, but do they have the the capital to produce? Do they have the ability to produce at the rate of which they need to is huge. And that's what analysts are stinking point is. Stinking point uh, for, for analysts and people on the street that are watching this company is do they have the ability to produce? And they always look at the production numbers each quarter based on what they said they would produce and if they met that. And there's also competitors uh, would be bull case number two. They're, they're, they're bear case number two, excuse me. The competitors are there. I mean, you have the other automotive, the big staple legacy companies like, like your Toyotas, all, all the, the Fords, and they're getting into self-driving. They're trying to look at energy efficient vehicles as well. You have the share driving spaces like Uber, even though there's some partnerships between Uber and Tesla, I, I believe that are going going that are in the works, if not already. Um, so that's something to also look at. So I guess, what do you guys think? Tell me what your bull case and your bear case is for Tesla, what do you think? 
send me a message. I'd love to hear it. No interview this week. So if you're looking for an interview, there is none this week. It's been awesome. We've done 26 weeks of this, almost half a year of Your Money, Your Life podcast. I really appreciate everyone that's been tuning in our half a year, pretty much. Um, So please subscribe, keep listening, share this to your friends, your family. I get a lot of people saying they like the podcast. So really thankful that you guys are listening. Let's keep doing this. I'll keep doing this every week. We will not stop. Uh, But again, please make sure to to watch CNBC tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Always reach out to me with any questions and uh, hope you guys have a great week.